Shalom Mishpocha. Shalom, family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word, means family, and we're the Mishpocha, the family with a Jewish heart, made up of Jewish, non-Jewish people, where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile finally come down to form one new man, one new species of being, getting ready, Mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone, everywhere, to hear the good news. We want everyone, everywhere, to be red hot for the Messiah. And my guest, James Durham, says that according to the Word of God and according to his experience, everyone can visit the throne room as often as they want once they break through to that level. But, you know, James, you provoke me to jealousy. I knew nothing about Jesus, nothing about the invisible world. And you, as a matter of fact, knew nothing about it, except, I mean, you, you came from a nominal, very nominal Christian background. So uh, you, you had no paradigm at three years of age. But what happened to you? I was uh, in bed at night, and just suddenly I uh, was in a different place. Uh, it uh, was an unknown place to me, but it was a beautiful place. It was a peaceful place. And I uh, saw um, animals uh, that normally would be enemies lying down together in peace. And that's what the Bible says in the millennium is going to occur. Yes, that's correct. And uh, I just uh, suddenly realized that I uh, was in heaven, and it was wonderful. I felt such a deep peace in my own heart and uh, just felt like I was at home. And this was a great blessing for me at that age, and uh, that's primarily what, what, what I remember. What did your family think of this? I mean, being nominal, <laughs> they, they, what, what was their opinion? They were not very accepting of, of this, and uh, they thought I was uh, making it up, that I was not telling the truth, that I was uh, exaggerating, and I was chastised for talking about it. So at age six, uh, you're going to um, Bible camps, and you're hearing about Jesus, and But just before you became a believer, uh, you had a vision of hell. Uh, that's correct. Uh, as, I was in a, a service of worship, and suddenly it was as if the floor in front of me opened wide open. And flames, uh, literally, I saw them leaping up from the floor in front of me. And I knew that this, uh, from the things I'd been taught in the vacation Bible school, that this was hell. And I was sitting right on the edge of it. And I knew that if I didn't make the right choice, the right decision, that I could just fall into that. You know, being so young uh, and not having parents that are pushing you there, uh, that must have been a—and actually thinking you were making up the vision you had, uh, this whole time in your life must have been pretty confusing to you. It, It was confusing, but it was also very comforting. Because I knew that there was a reality beyond what I was experiencing. They didn't, your parents didn't talk you out of it? <laughs> <laughs> well, they talked me out of talking about it, but ah, not out of experiencing uh, it. Okay. But then with, with, with the experiences you had, I mean, so sovereignly from God, uh, when you were age 17, your father is dying and you make a deal with God. You say, God, if you let my father live... I will become a minister and preach the gospel. And your father died. What effect did it have on you? 
It's a great uh, disappointment in my heart, and uh, I think I went through a time of disillusionment. And uh, actually, I pulled away from the the church. My experiences for a time I had a a lot of anger and disappointment inside of me. Made it very difficult for me to uh, to feel that closeness to God that I'd felt before. But at seventeen. God, in his mercy, did not give up on James Durham. And at 17, uh, even though he turned from the things of God when he reached 21, interesting age, (laughs) age of accountability, so to speak, you reach 21 and you have an audible call to the ministry from God. What was that like? That was uh, a... just an overpowering kind of experience. I was uh, sitting in a church worship service, and I, I heard God speak to me, and he asked me what was really important to me. And I think in those years of separation, I had gone after the wrong things. And as I thought about things in my own mind, I, I brought up some things that might be important, like becoming famous, uh, becoming wealthy, uh, having a, a political influence. But none of those seemed like they were appropriate in this moment with God. And I finally came to a conclusion. The only thing for me was to serve him with my whole life, my whole heart forever. Now, what were his exact words to you, the audible voice? For at first was uh, what is really important to you. And after I made that choice, he said to me, there is nothing else. Meaning? that other than serving him, I'd made the choice, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And as soon as I said that, I heard the Lord say, there is nothing else. So you go to Asbury Seminary, uh, and uh, this kind of surprises me. At Asbury Seminary, you received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Were they teaching you on this? Uh, they did actually teach some things in the in the course about the the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but uh, my experience was apart from that. It was uh, sitting in the living room of my home at that time, and I just had a desperate hunger for God. And I, I cried out, and I said, I want to have the kind of experience that I read that John Wesley had had, uh, being um, overcome by the Holy Spirit and feeling the fire of God in his heart. And I wanted to have that. I wanted something in my heart, not just something in my head. And as soon as I cried out to God, this uh, it came to me. I just felt a presence over me, and fire came into me, and something in me just was burned away and changed. In that Help moment. me out. When someone says fire, I mean, be more descriptive. What, what do you mean by fire? Fire? Fire. <laughs> it was like fire. And uh, it wasn't like the fire I saw when I was six years old, but it was just like uh, the presence and the power of God, and it came with uh, supernatural heat. And it uh, just permeated my body with this warmth, a deep warmth that uh, seemed to be changing things in me, burning away the things that uh, needed to go, and strengthening, purifying, cleansing the things that needed to be refined Did, to did me. you speak in a supernatural language, tongues at that time? Not at that moment, no, I didn't. When did that start? Uh, that started uh, much later. Actually, I didn't start speaking in the supernatural language in, uh, knowingly until uh, uh, I was uh, it's about, 19, about 2008. Okay, but something new started going on in your life. You started operating in what the Bible refers to as words of knowledge. 
and uh, it's been doing and nothing but getting stronger. And uh, as a matter of fact, did God give you any words of knowledge for our audience? Yes, uh, the Lord said that there's an anointing today for healing, and when I came in today, I, I felt the presence of the of a healing angel. And the Lord said that today there's an anointing for healing uh, the throat. If any kind of ailment in the throat, it could be a, a virus or it could be some sort of a disease, even cancer of the throat can be healed today. I heard the Lord say that necks are being healed today, uh, that uh, people who have a sinus infection, that it's available today. The Lord is healing people today of chronic sinus infections that are just going to go like that in Jesus' name. Now, when you have a word, do you normally pray after the word or just speaking the word does it? How, how does that operate? Well, I usually speak the word and then, um, then pray. Why and, don't you pray right now for those conditions? Okay. Well, Father God, we ask right now in the name of Yeshua that you would just release that healing angel to be with anyone who needs any of these healings. Lord, the healing of the throat. Let the power of your healing ministry come through the touch of that angel and heal the throats of anyone who needs that. And, Lord, I, I saw uh, people with uh, problems in their spine and the, their neck, and they desperately need a healing to be relieved of pain and set free. So, Lord, I ask that your healing angel touch their neck right now and let the fire of that touch restore the spine and heal the problems with the neck. And, Lord, uh, the chronic sinus infections, I know those are not of you. Those are of the enemy. And so we ask in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach that those would be just completely healed, that all inflammation would be gone, that all pressure, headaches would be gone, and there would be a total, complete healing in the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen. Now, you teach from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, about being in the throne room. Explain that. Well, um, the uh, Ephesians 2, 6 says, we were seated with him in heavenly places. Everything in that verse is in the past, past tense. And I believe that, that we have a seat there, but many of us have never seen it. We have not claimed our biblical authority to go there and visit. But I just stand on the promises of the word, and I claim that promise for myself, and I claim it for you that you have a seat in heaven. If you are in Jesus Christ, you have a seat with him in heaven, and the Holy Spirit can take you there. James, what kind of feedback are you getting from people that read the books and sit under the teaching on the three CDs? I hear from people in the meetings that we conduct and uh, through email messages. I received one this morning, a woman who was set free to visit in the, the third heaven herself. And I hear people now making multiple visits after they've read the book or they've uh, been in the teaching seminars that we do. Okay. I want to get the two books into your hands, the three CDs. It's available for a gift of $45. And I have to tell you, I can't think of anything more important in this day we're living in if you can have access to the third heaven, access to getting your answers to the questions you're pondering right in the secret place. It, to me, it's fascinating. James goes to heaven, to the throne room, to the very secret place often, and gets information. God has commissioned him to teach the past tense of God's word that we are already seated at the right hand of God the Father uh, with Jesus. Jesus is at the right hand, and we are seated in 
him. And therefore, we can have such intimacy. And he has special teaching CDs and two books, Beyond the Ancient Door and Seven Levels of Glory. And this is a how-to book. The CDs are prayers of impartation. And the books will show you how there are seven levels in which God wants to reveal himself to you through his glory. And there's seven levels in which God draws you up to him in his glory. And in the glory, all things are possible for a gift of $45. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. My guest, James Durham, has been a chaplain for almost 30 years in the U.S. Army. Uh, But as a young man, I mean, literally young, three years of age, he had his first third heaven experience. But in 2009, you had an experience where you went to heaven in which you received a commission. Uh, Tell me about the vision and what happened. Well, said in the vision, I uh, was lifted up to a, a place that was uh, seemed very strange to me at first. I saw this huge old arched door. It had hinges on both sides. There was absolutely no way to open the door. And I stood before that door wanting to get in. I knew I should get in, but I had no means of my own to do that. And as I waited, I began to pray in the Spirit, asking God to help me, and the door suddenly swung open. And I was drawn in to that place of the secret place of the Most High God. And uh, getting inside to the place, I encountered uh, a cloud of his glory that came and surrounded me. I soaked in the glory. And uh, the Lord uh, commissioned me then to begin to come to heaven on a regular basis to be trained and prepared to uh, invite other people to come to heaven themselves. Now, the thing that intrigues me is James has received teaching on how others can do exactly what he's doing. Uh, Now, there have been, uh, when you had that experience a few days later, uh, you had another vision of the throne room. Tell me about that. I was uh, lifted back up uh, to that same place, and as I was drawn into that secret place, I uh, was aware that there was, it was not just uh, that place. There was a staircase that led upward, and the Spirit led me upward to that staircase, and as I looked up, I saw an open, an, a second level of open heaven from this room, and I saw Jesus standing there, and Jesus called to me and said, come up here now. And I was instantly in his presence in heaven. And what did he tell you? He told me that uh, he had several things that he wanted me to do. Uh, One was, he said, to uh, write a book about these experiences. And uh, that kind of went against the grain. I'd always said I would never write a book. And I had to back off from the words that I'd spoken. Now, why would you have said that? I just uh, never saw myself writing a book. I just didn't think it would ever happen. Mm-hmm. And I, so I constantly told people that I would never write a book. And the first thing he asked me to do was write a book. <laughs> and uh, 
so I had to I had to be obedient. The Lord said that uh, the uh, for people to come to the third heaven, He's going to give instructions, and it's necessary for them to obey the instructions. And He was using me as an example, and so He gave me three commandments, things to do. And the first one was to write the book. The second one was to move. And at that time, He didn't tell me when, didn't say where, and didn't say how. But as soon as I returned from that visit, I started to get my house in order, ready to move in obedience to the Lord. The third thing he asked me to do was to impart third heaven visitation to other people. And I was very resistant about this because uh, I'd been sharing the visions, the things had been happening to me. And uh, my experience was a lot of people thought I was about half crazy as I told them about all of these visions that I was having, the experiences that were happening. And I said, Lord, if I go back and tell people that I can impart to them third heaven visitation, they're going to be convinced that I'm crazy. And the Lord said, so who is it you think you are? <laughs> and that was a very humbling moment. And I said, I'm, I'm your servant. I will do it. Okay. Then a few days later, uh, you're speaking at a Sunday service. And do you decide to be obedient or did you just sit on it? <laughs> Well, I asked the Lord uh, that day, when? And the Lord said, Sunday. And to be obedient to the Lord, I had to do it that coming Sunday. And I obeyed the Lord. What happened? I, I decided to be obedient to the Lord, and I released that impartation. And uh, I was uh, very pleasantly surprised to see that some of them did immediately begin to have third heaven experiences. Now, since that time... Obviously, you've been praying for lots of other people uh, for this impartation. Uh, what are you seeing? I've uh, seen literally uh, hundreds of people who have had at least one third heaven visit after the impartation. Now, you say something that to me is very important, but I don't totally understand it because I have not gone to the third heaven yet. Uh, you say that there's a need to develop our character uh, before this occurs. Uh, yes, that, that's, that is correct. Uh, the Lord uh, was teaching me, well, not on that visit, but in subsequent visits, that we really need to um, totally uh, renew our minds. We need to root out all bitterness, uh, unforgiveness, strife. Uh, doubt. We need to clear those things out of our mind and then begin to build our character. Why are so many people uh, having third heaven experiences? I believe it's because uh, time is very short. We're living in the last days. John said in his first letter that we're living in the last hour. And I believe that the Lord is preparing the bride of Christ for his return. And uh, the experience that I had in third heaven was to get training, instruction, correction, and uh, I believe that that's what the Lord is wanting to do with the body of Christ. Why is it some people do and some people do not? Well, I've, um, I asked the Lord that on one of the third heaven visits, and the Lord said the number one reason that some people do not have the third heaven visit is grace. He uh, uh, is going to give them specific things that he wants them to do, and there's some people who are not ready to obey. And if they, he gives them a specific direction in heaven and they do not obey, then a judgment will come quickly. And he does not want to set people up for judgment. 
He wants to continue to give them grace. So he waits until people are ready. Now, out of curiosity, let's assume right now you went to the third heaven. Will you ask a question? Will you just soak in the glory? Uh, will you just be uh, taught? What, what's the norm if there's such a thing? I wanted to say yes to all the above. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> on some visits, I say absolutely nothing. I've uh, gone intending to ask questions, but in the presence of the Lord, I was in such awe of the Lord, I couldn't remember the questions and uh, wound up saying absolutely nothing during that visit. I've also gone at times when the Lord is um, it's like conducting a class. Usually there's a number of people in, present in the class when he teaches. When you say a number, how many would you say? I would say 30 or 40, usually, sometimes 50. Did you 50. ever recognize any of the people in class? I have recognized a few of them. Can you tell me one? Uh, well, <laughs> I'd rather not mention the names of anyone, but uh, some of the people that we have mentored, I've seen a couple of them there. Now, these are people that have uh, had third heaven experiences. Uh, some have, and some are not aware of having had a third heaven visit, yet I saw them there. Okay. Million dollar question. Why did God choose you to teach people how to go to third, the third heaven? I uh, believe the Lord chose me because uh, basically I uh, was unknown, pretty much unknown right now. I'm just a very average, normal, everyday person. And I think the Lord uh, chose uh, someone that uh, if others heard about me going to heaven, they would say, well, if he can go, I can go. If someone who's really famous or someone with a big name goes, uh, everyone says, well, of course, because that's who they are. But when someone who is relatively unknown, just an average person, visits heaven, it tells people, I can do that too. Now, we're making two of your books available. They kind of both go together. Uh, one is called Seven Levels of Glory. Briefly, explain what you teach in that. What I teach in that is that God had such a heart of love for us that he wanted to manifest himself to us and teach us about his attributes, help us to get really in deep uh, relationship with him, to come into unity of his spirit. And so he made a very dramatic move to begin to come to us through seven different stages of glory, it's beginning on the mountaintop meeting with Moses and coming down uh, eventually through Yeshua. His uh, glory was personally manifest in Yeshua. And then in the, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then the Lord uh, uh, wants us to be drawn back up to him through, these, uh, through seven levels of glory. And uh, the Lord uh, revealed to me that, uh, first of all, that seventh level of him coming down, the Holy Spirit, is really our first level of connecting to go back up to him. The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit is the first level of glory that we experience of God. And then from there, like on the day of Pentecost, we go through empowering glory, up to gifted glory, to joy, to shalom, to intimacy, and then finally to unity. Can you imagine being able, like Paul said, I knew a man, whether it was in his body or not in his body, but he was caught up into the third heaven. Well, I have a guest that was caught up into the third heaven, and he tells me that once he has done something in the spirit, 
then he has the faith to keep doing it. For instance, uh, James Durham, you told me that when you've been healed of something physically, you have the faith to pray for other people to be healed of the same conditions. Tell, tell me two conditions you've been healed of personally. I've been healed of uh, rotator cuff uh, damage in both shoulders, and uh, I was told coming out of the Army I needed uh, both knees to be replaced. But uh, Dr. Jesus took care of all four of those situations. And, uh, I'll tell you one thing that I'm interested in personally. You notice what I have on, a pair of glasses. Uh, God healed your eyes. That's correct. What did he do? Um, I, all my life I wore trifocals, and uh, I had, a, had to have those glasses for everything. And I suddenly began to uh, think my glasses were dirty or foggy, took them off, and they were clear, clean. And, but then as I had my glasses off, I looked, and I could see without the glasses. And so the, the uh, distant vision and the near vision, uh, both were healed. The only thing that remaining, and I'm believing for it any time now, is for reading. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I'll tell you what intrigues me even more than anything we've said, if that's not enough. Uh, oh, by the way, do you go to the third heaven Every day? Uh, almost every day. I went every day for three years, four months, and two weeks. But uh, now almost every day I was there this morning. Did you get any instructions this morning? Was that the words that you prayed uh, uh, yesterday, the well, words I, of knowledge? Or it was or t- uh, Monday, I think. I received something a little different that added on to something that you teach about the, the middle wall of separation coming down. Tell me what it was. What did you what receive? What I saw was the wall of separation between heaven and earth coming down. Whoa. Instead of me going up to heaven, heaven came down to me. And I suddenly was aware Jesus had said many times that um, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's not some long distance away. It's not far, far away. And this morning, I just saw it was like uh, the, the physical things in front of me just disappeared. And I was looking into that worship room, the throne room in heaven. And I was in my room and partially in that room at the same time. And I believe that that wall of separation is coming down. In it's this, almost like a veil a is veil. being removed. Yes. Like Second Corinthians 3.18, that now all of us with unveiled faces can begin to see the glory of God like in a mirror and then move from glory to glory. I, I have to believe that this is happening right now because we're so close to the return of Jesus. Yes. That's my understanding that we're so close and that God is breaking down every barrier, every separation, and even that wall dividing heaven and earth is down at this time. Okay. Another thing that intrigues me, I mean, there's so much, Mishpucha. Uh, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's provoking this Jew to jealousy. I hope he's provoking you to jealousy, too. But well, one time you went to a third heaven, and when you got back, uh, something was going on with your hands. There was, they were like on fire. Uh, uh, tell me the circumstances of this. When I uh, visited in heaven, uh, the Lord put uh, a stone in each hand. And the left hand was a ruby that was about the size of an egg, and it began to melt into my hand. As it did, my hand just caught on fire. I asked the Lord what that was, and he said it was the love of the Father, and that he was imparting that for me to release that to other people, to release the love of the Father to people, especially 
I think we're in a fatherless generation around the world, and people are crying out for the love of the Father. What does this do for a person when they receive the love of the Father? I think they feel acceptance. They suddenly feel connected, a connection they've never had before without a father. They're not really connected to their So you're talking to half of the people probably in America when you're talking that. Uh, But so your hands were on fire uh, in the third heaven. What happened when you got to earth? When I got back to earth, they were still on fire. And it was a very painful fire. And uh, the only relief I could get was to put my hands under a cold water faucet and let them cool off. But as soon as I pulled them back out from under the faucet, they were on fire again. Now, when you touched people, could they feel your hands were warm? Like like your wife, uh, if she touched your hands, would she know that they were on fire? Yes, she would. And... uh, uh, sometimes when uh, – because she started experiencing this – I know it's transferable because she started to experience it within a few days after that experience I had. And sometimes when we're praying on people, they say – over people, they say the fire is so hot, it's like it's burning their skin. Now, did you see an increase of physical healing uh, when when you would lay hands on people? Yes, when that fire is present and uh, – uh, especially the fire in the right hand, it releases the healing anointing. In the left was the Father's love, but in the right hand was for healing. And the presence of that fire just uh, heals so many different things we've seen. You know, you know what I'd like you to pray right now, if you don't mind? We're living in a generation, even those that have had relatively good fathers, compared to the Father's love, it's nothing. I believe that you can pray a prayer right now of impartation for everyone that wants this to receive the Father's love. Would you pray that, James, right now? Yes, I will. Father God, I give you thanks and praise that you are love, that you release such an overpowering wave of love into our hearts that it literally changes us forever. And Father God, I ask right now that you release that. I release an impartation to everyone listening to this, that you would let the flow, the wave of your love flow over them, in them, through them, Lord. Let it be a life-changing experience of acceptance, of love, empowering, cleansing, purifying. And Lord, connect them with their, uh, their inheritance, with the generations of the faithful, Lord, restore them to the unity level of glory with you. And I pray it right now. Release that impartation in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen and amen. Boy, there's such a sweet, that's the only way I can describe it, sweet flow of God's Spirit. Now, when you go to the third heaven, James, uh, you hear things about the future for even countries. For instance, you've heard things about Israel about the United States, about Korea. Korea's been a lot in the news, especially the, the, the character that's uh, the president of, of North Korea. Uh, what's going to happen to Korea from what God's telling you? From what God's telling me is that they're, we're looking uh, in the very near future to another regime change in the North that's going to be much more moderate. And uh, I heard the Lord say there will be even another one after that. And it's going to open the floodgate for uh, evangelists from South Korea to sweep into North Korea and restore them to uh, Father God. 
standing on the demilitarized zone in 2010, I felt such a pain in my heart. The Holy Spirit let me feel some of his grief over the lost souls in North Korea. And I know that— I understand that it's, it's horrific for those that become Christians. They go off to slave labor camps and usually die. And even now, public executions, they're accused of terrible crimes. The crimes that uh, they're accused of uh, pornography and other things, but the pornography they're talking about is they're watching Christian videos, reading the Bible, reading devotional books. And uh, public executions, uh, just terrible persecution, and yet they persist. Now, what do you see as far as when South Korea is free to evangelize North Korea, what's going to happen to Korea as a country? I think uh, Korea as a country is going to just release a, a powerful flow of revival that will reach around the whole world. When this happens, there's going to be an explosion of glory that moves throughout the world. I don't think anyone will be able to ignore what happens in North Korea. When that wall comes down and the masses of people are introduced to their Father God and to Yeshua, it will get the attention of the whole world. But I'm reminded in the ninth chapter of Romans, it says of the Jewish people, of them is the glory. Uh, What is God showing you about the glory in Israel? Uh, The Lord is telling me that uh, this is going to happen simultaneously. Oh, that there's going to be a release of uh, evangelistic spirit in uh, in Israel that's going to also get the attention of the whole world. That's why every day I pray that powerful prophetic words would be released along with the shalom of God over Israel to lead them back to him through Yeshua HaMashiach. And I just see there's going to be a wave of glory and of revival in Israel that will catch the attention of the whole world. And how about the United States? Are we Swiss cheese? What's going to happen to us? (laughs) (laughs) I think that when we see those things happening, uh, it's going to provoke us to jealousy. (laughs) And uh, there's going to be an opening, a powerful opening in the United States. I just see... uh, God positioning people now along the interstate highways to begin to pray for a flow of the Spirit, a flow and move of the Holy Spirit and revival to crisscross across the entire United States. When you say revival, draw me a picture with words. What, what is this going to look like? Well, the amazing thing is God keeps telling me that he's going to do something completely new, so new that we don't even have words yet to describe it. I believe there's. I going like to... that. That means the religious people will say, "I've never seen that before," as if they know everything of God, <laughs> and they're going to miss it. <laughs> Absolutely, they will. My prayer is that I won't miss it, and that you won't miss it. <laughs> Good. And, and my prayer is that those listening to us will not miss it. And you know what? You're not going to. You're hungry for God. And because you're so hungry for God, I want to make available to you these two books. I mean. James was commissioned from heaven to teach you how to have third heaven visitations, how to go into the secret place and get instructions that only you can do that God has for you. The two books, the three CD set, the special prayer of impartation, all available for a gift of $45. Call or write today. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. James, 
you've had visitations from angels. Tell me about one. I was uh, in Moravian Falls in a worship service, and someone uh, was tickling my face. I had my eyes closed, and I was just kind of in my zone of worship. I thought it was very rude, so I finally opened my eyes to see who would be doing such a rude thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I might have been so so nice over that thing, but go ahead. And when I opened my eyes, there was an angel face-to-face with me. What did the angel look like? angel looked like uh, fire. I could see clearly the features of the angel, but it was just glowing with an amber glow. I call them fiery angels. Okay. And the angel uh, grabbed my shirt and pulled me nose to nose and uh, gave me a command. The angel said very forcefully, wake up. You just woke me up. I know that. I don't know about the audience. <laughs> okay. said, wake up your seer anointing now. There are things you need to see in the spiritual realm right now. And suddenly I was seeing way beyond the place where I was located. And I was seeing spiritual warfare going on. And uh, I um, experienced from that something very powerful, a revelation. The Lord was saying through that experience that we have the ability to wake up our own seer anointing. How? How well, do we do it? I think that we begin to speak it over ourselves. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So you could speak it over our audience, me and the audience, yes. and that would wake it up? And they need to speak it over themselves. All right. I'll tell you what. You speak one, one sentence at a time. I'll repeat it. And when I repeat it, everyone listening to us repeats it. Let's try that. Okay. Seer anointing, wake up. Seer anointing, wake up. There are things you need to see in the spirit realm right now. There's things you need to see in the spirit realm right now. So I command my spirit. So I command my spirit. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up the seer anointing. Wake up the seer anointing. Let your spiritual eyes be open wide. Let your spiritual eyes be open wide. And your spiritual ears open wide. And your spiritual ears open wide. Now is the time. Now is the time. For a visitation. For a visitation. In the spirit realm. In the spirit realm. So wake up. So wake up. In the name of Yeshua. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm expecting to see a lot more than I've been seeing, James, and I'm expecting to get reports from people that are listening that the seer anointing has been woken up inside of them. Now, you explained that there are certain blockages that limit people from having third heaven experiences. What did Yeshua teach you? In uh, repeatedly uh, imparting third heaven visitation to groups of people and noticing that some received it and some did not, I asked the Lord when I was in heaven, why is that? And the Lord said that uh, there are some things he just does not allow in heaven. And if you carry those things, then it's going to limit your ability to be with him in heaven. And you need to purge those things out. The number one thing was unforgiveness. You've got to get now, rid of excuse it. Excuse me. Let me make sure I understand you right. Uh, will this stop you from being in third heaven while you're alive? Or will it do that plus stop you from going to heaven after you die? 
Are you saying both? And I'm not saying both. Oh, okay. It may be true, but I'm just right now the Lord is saying about the visits right now. Okay. That you've got to get well, rid of Well, by the way, the Bible talks about uh, unforgiveness. <laughs> it We're says if forgiven. you don't forgive others, <laughs> you won't be forgiven. If Absolutely. you're not forgiven, you can't go to heaven. But that's another story. Go ahead. And I've met so many people who are holding on to unforgiveness. It doesn't do them any good at all. It, uh, people are sick. People are uh, bound by that. People are open to mnemonic oppression because of that. And it's in their best interest and will open up the spirit realm to them if they can do that. I immediately made a list of everyone who could have ever possibly offended me, and I just decreed and declared verbally, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. And uh, it's not a feeling. It's a choice. And I chose it. And every now, time, why, why would you choose that if someone did just the most horrific thing to you when you were a young kid? Why would you choose that? Because I want to release them, and I want to be released myself. I want to be set free from that memory, that uh, anything that comes with that, so that I can be free to move about the heavens. Sounds good to me. What else did he tell you as far as uh, blockages? Bitterness. And there, there are so many bitter people uh, out of disappointment and uh, loss. They carry this bitterness around, and it's really like carrying poison in themselves. But God just does not allow bitterness in heaven. There won't be any there when we're there permanently, and God doesn't want you to bring any there now. So you need to just let him burn out every root of bitterness. Let the renewing of your mind come and burn away unforgiveness. Every root of bitterness needs to be gone in Jesus' name. Did did he show you any other things that are hindering the renewed mind, so to speak? Yes, strife. There, um, people are in strife. There's so much strife in the church. There's a spirit of rebellion that seems to have been set loose in the church. And some people that I've met seem to thrive on creating strife. They just love to get an argument going between people. They get into arguments themselves. Well, that's a religious spirit, the same thing that uh, Yeshua dealt with. (laughs) Yes, and it needs to go. If you want to be uh, a frequent visitor to the third heaven, you need to get rid of that. So walking in the love realm, God kind of love, is that's what you're describing to me, James. Yes, and eliminate everything that's a hindrance any doubt or unbelief in your mind. I went through a period after I had been going to the third heaven for uh, maybe two months that I thought, well, this is probably over. And I started almost hearing a voice saying to me, well, it's over. This time is up. And I realized that was not the voice of the Lord. That was a counterfeit voice. And I realized that I had opened a door for unbelief in my own mind, in my own heart. And so I immediately broke that off. I immediately claimed my... uh, right for third heaven visitation based on Ephesians 2.6, Ephesians 2.18. Now, you know what I'm reminded of? The scriptures say uh, that unless uh, two or more agree, it's not going to happen. So you either agree with the word of God, that's two, he's a person, Yeshua, or you agree with the word of the devil. Yes. And and you have to determine who you're going to agree with. Well, what's the word of God say about third heaven visitations? I just I hear the Lord saying he wants his people to come and visit. We're part of his household, we're part of the family, and uh he wants his family members to come and he wants those who are moving in the Holy Spirit especially to come for specific directions and instructions to know what 
you need to do to accomplish your destiny in the kingdom of God. Share a couple of scriptures that talk about uh, third heaven visitations. Well, I think uh, the one you mentioned before about Paul saying he knew about a man who had been caught up into the third heaven. Um, I believe Paul was that man, uh, but he uh, didn't want to say that directly. He spoke of someone else. And uh, John, in the Revelation, he saw the door of heaven open. He heard the Lord say, come up here. And he uh, was immediately caught up in the Spirit and visited in heaven with the Lord. Uh, and, and I love the scripture uh, that, that you, from Ephesians. Would you quote that again? Ephesians 2, 6 says, we were seated with him in heavenly places. And I believe that, and uh, I, I speak to the Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, I claim this promise. Jesus promised, it's promised in the Word, and I claim that promise, and I ask you now to lift me up to the third heaven. Now, oh, you know what we didn't get to, and <laughs> we've, our time has slipped away, and that is, what is the difference between the anointing and the glory? Well, for me, the glory is the... Uh, Kabod. It's the heavy, weighty presence of God. And when that weighty presence comes, uh, there's just an anointing that's in the air from God for healing, for restoration, for uh, miracles to happen. I believe that uh, there is then released through us an anointing to carry part of that glory and minister some of those things to people. But the real powerful experience of that is when the Kabod, the heavy, weighty presence comes. Well, I, I've noticed when that comes upon me, uh, I, I guess I could fight it. I don't want to, but I almost bow down. I, if, if, well, that's what I do. I bow down when that heaviness comes. You'd think we would bow down whether we have heaviness or not, but it literally forces me to bow down. Yes, it does. Because it's weighty, as you said, but in that glory, it gets so easy. It's so easy to... Uh receive revelation. It's so easy for healing to occur. And uh, I just see people who are getting inner healing, physical healing, emotional healing uh, in the presence of that glory. God ministers to people, and it's more powerful than anything I can do. And when that comes, I just step aside and say, I'm here. If you need me, let me know. Now, God taught you about the glory, seven levels of which God revealed himself through the glory, and then how each of us can move in seven levels ascending to God for great intimacy with God. Now, tell me exactly, as far as third heaven, what did he commission you to do with people to have third heaven experiences? Well, the Lord told me to uh, pray over people, and uh, if, the, if the group is present, I usually anoint them with oil lay hands on them, and just uh, decree that uh, a renewed mind would come, everything that hinders would be broken off, that the flow of the Spirit would come strongly in them, and that they would release everything, every weight that hinders them, and allow the Lord to lift them up. What, what is God showing you, James? Right now, I'm just seeing uh, in the Spirit a powerful flow of the Holy Spirit, and uh, it's as, Excuse me, I have to be obedient. I heard several times people with pains in their neck 
If you will move your head, you'll see that the pain is gone, and it's, it's traveling now down to your back, your hips, any areas of pain. You are healed in Jesus' name, but faith without a corresponding carpal tunnel has just been healed. About wrist problems have just been healed. What is God showing you, James? I'm uh, seeing knees being healed. I, I just saw the Spirit move through the, this radio broadcast right into the homes of the listeners. God is touching their bodies. There's a great healing anointing right now, and especially uh, to replace uh, uh, cartilage and knees and to restore. Uh, I'm seeing also the hands, not the carpal tunnel, but damage to hands to set you free to write and to do the things that God has called you to do. Talk to me about intimacy with God. Through no, you 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 say whatever God tells you to say. I just was seeing that flow right now, and uh, what I felt the presence of the Spirit of Holiness that uh, God sends to draw us to Him, and I just feel that there's a great drawing of us and everyone listening right now, drawing us closer to Him. I just feel the power of the Spirit pulling us toward Father God and pulling us further away from the flesh and the concerns of the things of the flesh and just drawing us toward heaven. And I feel that spirit of holiness right now is opening up doors for people, doors to heaven. Windows of heaven are opening right now. Portals are opening right now. And the spirit is drawing. I feel the, I feel a pull right now on me, pulling me heavenward. And I'm just releasing that to you right now to feel the pull of God. Draw close to him. He will draw close to you. Father God is so good. We're supposed to draw near to him first, but he always steps out first. Right now, the Holy Spirit is stepping out first, touching your spirit and pulling you heavenward right now. So just release yourself to flow with that and move in the spirit and experience what God wants for you now. In addition to hands, well, part of hands are fingers. People that have arthritis in their fingers or pain in their fingers, you are totally pain-free right now in Jesus' name. Uh, uh, James, will you just teach a little bit of what God has shown you about the glory, whatever aspect? I know we're making available your three CDs and your two books, Beyond the Ancient Door, your own experience and what God taught you about how to go to the third heaven and then the seven levels of glory. But take an aspect of the seven levels of glory, either from our side ascending or God's side uh, manifesting the glory, and teach on it for a moment. Well, Sid, I would really like to uh, teach on uh, the glory coming down on the mountain. I think this was a history-changing moment. It was a humanity-changing moment. And I got so excited about this as I studied it, as I got revelation from God. And I tried to impart that to people and realized I can't impart it to people. It's something you have to experience for yourself. And I just invite people to get back into the Word of God, get back into those stories of Moses going up on Mount Horeb, Moses going up on Mount Sinai, and feel yourself going up, not just sending somebody up, but you are going up into the glory of God, into that fire of God. And uh, I just uh, am amazed at the courage of Moses to climb that mountain and go through the cloud, glow into what they saw 
as a consuming fire to get into the presence of God. That's my heart's desire. I want to be in God's presence. And I hear him calling to you and to me, come on up the mountain, get into the presence, get a revelation of who he is, of who you are in him, and get a revelation of what God plans to do for your future. God has a great plan for you, and he wants to reveal it to you. He doesn't want it to be hidden. He doesn't want it to be a mystery, but he's calling you up into that precious experience. And I want you to experience the fire of glory on the mountain, to receive that fire in your own heart, to get fired up for him, to get excited about what he's doing, about what he's going to do in the future and his plan for you. And I believe the glory moves us to move with God to accomplish kingdom purposes. And I'm, I, I, at first I thought God was opening deaf ears, but and second, I believe what God is doing is opening up spiritual ears as James is speaking. Uh, would you pray that our spiritual ears and our spiritual eyes and our spiritual senses would be opened right now, James? Hey, man, I felt the same thing about the ears. So I, I just uh, want to release that right now in the name of Yeshua. That Jesus said, his sheep hear his voice. We are his sheep. We have a right to hear his voice. It's supported in the Bible and by the witness of the Holy Spirit. So right now, in the name of Yeshua, spiritual ears open wide. Just let your spiritual ears pop right now. Pop and be open to hear the voice of the Lord. Let your spiritual eyes be open wide to see the things in the spiritual realm that you need to see right now. Let your spiritual eyes be open wide so that you can literally see into heaven and see the Father, see the Son, see the angels worshiping Father God. So right now, let your spiritual eyes just I, I see almost like scales, like Paul experienced, scales falling off of spiritual eyes right now. Right now, the scales are falling off. Just let your eyes be open and be free to see in the spirit realm in the name of Yeshua, HaMashiach, amen and amen. Now, I'm, I, I'm hearing about the opening of your spiritual ability to smell things. Now, I, I don't do this, James. I assume you do. So will you pray this prayer? Uh, that, that, and, and what would it mean? What, what, what would I smell? What would the people listening smell? Oh, uh, smell and taste are the most powerful of our five senses, but we sometimes talk about them the least. But they go directly to the brain center without conscious processing. So the Lord is using those right now. And uh, so often I just smell the sweet presence of Jesus. And uh, he smells a lot like that frankincense and myrrh that he received uh, even when he was a child. And the, the anointing that he received as he was buried in the tomb, sweet, sweet spirit. We smell the fragrance of Jesus. We can smell the fragrance of angels. They smell so sweet and so good. Some smell like uh, chocolate cake out of the, just out of the oven. Some smell like cinnamon. Some like cookies. There's a sweetness about them. But there's also an ability to smell demonic spirits. That's not so pleasant, but it's an important thing. As we pray for a gift of discerning of spirits, Lord, right now we ask that you would open up our sense of smell and taste. We want to taste you, Lord, and see that you're good. We want to taste the word of God and let it soak into us. We want to smell the fragrances of heaven. 
And Lord, we want to be warned of, of enemy activity through our sense of smell. So right now, Lord, we ask for an impartation right now to open up those senses in the name of Yeshua. Now, James has told me we are in the season of an increased outpouring of the glory of God. That's why his teaching on the seven levels of how God revealed his glory to man, and then the bridge, how man can move up seven levels in the glory. This is the season to get this teaching from heaven, as well as how you can access the third heaven, the secret place of the Most High God, to be given revelation and teaching. And we're making the three CD set and the two books as available for a gift of $45. Now, this is the Shabbat broadcast. But one last thought, James. The Lord is just saying... Open up right now. Open up your heart. Open up your mind. Let your mind be renewed. Let your soul be transformed and be prepared for a supernatural experience right now in the Spirit. Amen. The Lord has already blessed you. The Lord has already smiled upon you. He's accepted you in the Beloved. The Lord has already made you righteous. The Lord has already gifted you. The Lord has already surrounded you with his favor. The Lord has already given you his shalom, his completeness in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. In the name of the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Yeshua HaMashiach Tzikenu, Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness. To place a credit card order for today's offer, call anytime at 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or log on to our website at www.sidroth.org. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Discover how you can begin watching for free our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week TV network, ISN, the It's Supernatural Network. You can write me at Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. That's Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.